I'll fear no evil, for the Lord's with me. Hallelujah. His rod and his staff comforts me. And not only that, but I proclaim today that I'm far from oppression. And fear does not come nigh me. I'm established in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been taken out of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And I have right standing with God, just as if sin never existed before. And so I'm going to live in His grace. And I'm going to go from glory to glory and I'm going to run my race. And I'm going to go all the way to the finish line. I'm going to stay full of the Holy Ghost and drunk on the new wine. I shall, I shall not be moved, but I shall fulfill all that the Lord has told me to do. Come on, somebody. Woo, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, go ahead and just laugh by faith. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Don't take the devil so seriously. Ha, 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 devil. You're a liar. You're a liar. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Woo, praise the Lord. No longer slaves to fear. For he's not given us a spirit of fear. But a power and a love and of a sound mind. We will not allow the spirit of fear to hinder our progress. Faith looks forward. Fear looks backward. So with faith and with hope. We have a confident, confident expectation of a great future and great and glorious things ahead. Hallelujah. Oh, the plans that he's got for you are good. The things that he's got for you is so good. Hallelujah. No more fear. No more fear. Oh, glory to God. No longer a slave. Romans 8:15 says, For you have not received the spirit of a bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby in our hearts we're crying out, Daddy, Daddy. Abba, Father. Whoo, he's a good, good father. Hallelujah. He's good to you. He's good to me. All the time. And so the more developed we are in the love of God, the less fear we'll have in our lives. We can live in a no fear, zero fear zone. For you see, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Hallelujah. Perfect love. A revelation of the love of God will expel fear in your life. It'll turn it outdoors. It'll not be able to get into the city of your soul. For Jesus Christ came along 2,000 years ago to make you whole. Hallelujah. I am whole. How about you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Part of that wholeness that he's come to give you is freedom from fear. And in place of fear, he's put faith on the inside of you. And in place of stress, he's given you a peace that passes up all your understanding. He said in John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you. Not as the world give I give I you, glory to God. This peace that I give you, glory to God, is not of this world. Amen. It's a gift of God. Look at John chapter 14. Thank you, guys. John 14, let's look at verse 27. Well, there's nothing cut and dried about these services. We're just here to rejoice in the Lord. Amen? Get a good dose of the Word of God. Get a good pick-me-up on a Wednesday night. Amen? John, the 14th chapter and the 27th verse. Amen. Mm. 
Yeah, but Pastor Mark, there's so much to fear. But on the other hand, there's so much to faith. There's so much to believe for. There's so much to have peace about. In John and 14 and verse 27, this is the verse I was trying to quote and didn't do a very good job of it. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And then he goes on to say, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So you are the understood subject in that particular verse. We can either yield to fear or we can yield to peace. It's our choice. Amen. We can either allow ourselves to be stressed or we can allow ourselves to be blessed. Now, I've been stressed and I've been blessed and blessed is mucho, mucho. What's better in Spanish? Okay, mucho, mucho better. Any, anybody been stressed before? How many blessed we got? I think blessed is a whole lot better. But now again, the choice is ours regularly on a daily basis. What are we going to yield to? Or I think maybe even a better way to say it is who are we going to yield to? The author of stress and the author of fear is the devil. So when we allow ourselves to get all agitated and all stressed out and all bummed out thinking about the past, you know, we're yielding to the devil. Now, I didn't say you're devil, devil possessed, but that kind of junk will oppress you. You know, people living lives all burdened down and bummed out, they're not on target to be a blessing for other people because the fact of the matter is they've got themselves on their mind more than being a blessing on their mind. Oh, hallelujah. So he says now in this verse, let not your heart be troubled, but and neither let it be afraid. So that means that you and I have the authority and we are positioned not to yield to fear. We are positioned and we have the authority rather to yield to God, to yield to the word of God, to yield to the peace of God. Now, how might that look during the course of our day? How might that look when you just feel like, man, nothing's going right. And, you know, I just got this letter in the mail and I just got these bills that are stacking up or something has gone on. Something has taken place. What might that look like if you're going to yield to peace? I'll tell you what it may look like is first and foremost, you just go before the throne of grace and you declare, Father, in the name of Jesus, I roll the care of this situation completely and entirely over to you. I put this situation, this person, this bill, whatever it might be, this report, I place that in your capable hands. Don't you know that our God's capable? 
Amen. In other words, we could say our God's able and our God's willing to do something awesome about what we may be presented with. So here's how it might look. You know, Lord, I, I, I don't know where in the world this came from, but I know it didn't come from you. And I got a pretty good indication it's coming straight from the pit of hell. And so, Lord, first and foremost, I'm, I'm just rolling it on you. Everyone go like this. I'm rolling all my cares, all my anxieties. I'm rolling them over on you. Because you are able and you are capable to do for me what I can't do for myself. Practice this. The enemy wants you to yield to fear. He wants you to be thinking about the things that may happen as a result of what you've been presented with. He wants you to talk about those things and rehearse those things and go to bed with those things on your mind. But oh, hallelujah, you can keep and I can keep my mind stayed on him. Isn't that what the scripture says? He says, I will keep you in perfect peace or I will keep you in a double whammy of shalom, shalom. I'll keep you in perfect peace if you will just keep your mind on me. So here's what it looks like. Lord, I give it to you. And now I choose to set my affection on things above. I choose to set my mind on what you said about this circumstance. Amen. That's yielding to God. That's yielding to peace. You see, to be spiritually minded, or when a person has their their mind hooked up with their spirit, and when their spirit is filled with the Word of God, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's what the Bible says. Look over at Romans chapter 8. How many of you believing with me tonight? Oh, glory to God. We're not, we're just not going to have it. We're not going to put up with junk anymore. Romans, the eighth chapter. For to be carnally minded or meat-headed is death. (laughs) That word carnal comes from the Latin word carne, which means meat. So when he's talking about to be carnally minded, basically you could say to be meat-headed. For to be carnally minded, what does it produce? Does it produce joy? No, it doesn't produce any peace. To be carnally minded is death or produces death. But here you and I are on the other side of this verse. But to be spiritually minded is life and it is peace. The life of God and the peace of God are connected to a person who will keep their mind stayed on him. So this is what it looks like. You give it to the Lord. You set your affection 
on the things above. And then you simply go into prayer. You simply go into perhaps praise or even worship. It has been said that praise and worship are one of the highest forms of prayer. You go into the mode of FM, which is the Father's mode. And you worship Him out of your spirit because He is a spirit. And when you begin to praise Him and worship Him, here's what happens. He inhabits, He settles down, He dwells in, come on somebody, the praises of His people. Fill your mouth with praise. Fill your house with worship. For you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Give Him praise and give Him worship right in the midst of your circumstance. And you will see Him invade the darkness all around you. And as He does, your enemies shall be scattered. Hallelujah. Over there in the book of Psalms, he says, let, what, God, come on, arise. Of course, the children of Israel said that, and they didn't have God living on the inside of them, but you and I do. So what we're doing, when we're establishing our mind on him and worshiping him, we're letting God arise in this situation. He inhabits that praise. And guess what? The enemy doesn't hang around very long. The enemies will be scattered. Hallelujah. Say, all my enemies, all my enemies are running from me, are running from the greater one who lives on the inside of me. They're running from me as in terror. Mm, glory to God. Glo yeah, but Pastor Mark, you just don't know. You don't know the trouble I've seen. You just don't have any idea. You know, you sit up there in your ivory office and you preach eloquent sermons. And what would you know about my situation? <laughs> what, what, I mean, what would you know about my circumstance? Well, I may know a whole lot more than you think I know. Because we are all human beings, and we all face the test. We all face the trial. Now, some people pass the test, and some people don't pass the test. And I've discovered this. If we don't pass the test, we'll have to take the test over again. <laughs> there, there is a pretty huge test of our love walk happening. Amen? And so, let God arise in your life. Let Him arise in your business. Let Him arise in your marriage. And His enemies will have to go. They'll have to be scattered. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Let's see what Jesus said about trouble. Look at John 16. And notice with me in verse 33. Let's shout just a moment. Glory! Glory! You gotta know, 
Aren't you glad to have some air conditioning tonight? Air conditioning feels good, doesn't it? I believe that air conditioning is the will of God. We were down in Fort Worth all week last week, and several of you were there as well. It was hot there, about 100 degrees. I'm thankful for air conditioning in the convention center. Air conditioning is the will of God. Look at John 16. Hallelujah. Notice with me in verse 33. John 16, verse 33. He said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have what? So peace can come from what we hear. Just like faith can come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I believe that as we yield our ear and listen to what he's saying and have ears to hear from him, I I, I believe peace comes. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Peace doesn't come in a bottle, does it? Peace doesn't come in a drug. No, true biblical peace comes in him. So not only saturate yourself with the Holy Spirit in worship, but hear the spoken word, for therein you will have peace. Now notice the the last half of that verse. He says, in the world you shall have tribulation. But instead of yielding to fear, be of good cheer. Instead of yielding to doubt, shout. Instead of yielding to sadness, yield to laughter. In the world, you shall have... Yeah, Pastor, I know, and I'm sure tribulating. I've been going through so many trials, my Lord, I just don't know what I'm going to do. The Bible tells you what to do. The Bible tells you what to do. He said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Amen. What does it mean to be of good cheer? That means to brighten up. Smile when you don't feel like smiling. Laugh when you don't feel like laughing. Praise when you don't feel like praising. Be of good cheer. You know, it takes... Less muscles to smile as it does to frown. Be of good cheer. Why, Jesus? For I have what? I have overcome the world. That's enough right there to dance about. That's enough right there to run around the room. He's overcome the world. And he has made you and I overcomers. I'm not looking at a congregation of beat up Christians. I'm looking at a group of world overcomers. World changers. World overcomers. Is that us? 
Everyone that is born of God. How many Christians have got here tonight? Anybody born of God? Everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. And then he goes on to say, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we plug into his world overcoming power that he's overcome the world with. We plug into that with our faith. And for faith to work in my life and in your life, faith's got to be in two places. It first of all must be in our heart and then in our mouth. For with the heart man believeth, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So with my faith and your faith, you connect with this world overcoming power by simply walking around on a regular basis and declaring, you know, thank God I believe that and I declare that, that I am a world overcomer because I've been born of God. Everyone say it with me. I am a world overcomer because I've been born of God. Now here is the key. Be of good cheer. In other words, yield to the joy of the Lord. Joy is a spiritual force. And so a person that is presented with circumstance casts their cares on the Lord. They set their mind on Him. They live a life of praise and worship. And they declare that they are world overcomers and they develop the joy of the Lord on the inside of them say this with me the joy of the Lord is my strength you suppose we need some strength for this day we live in we absolutely do now joy is a spiritual force being cheerful is a byproduct or it is a part of the joy of the Lord. Now look at James the first chapter. James the first chapter. Say with me, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Because I am, I'm a child of God. Wow. How many of you know what fear feels like? How many of you at one time were in bondage to fear? I can say that most likely most of us have been. But oh, thank God, he came along and set us free. Now notice in James chapter 1, and uh, in verse 2. The book of James is in the New Testament, isn't it? The book of James is right after the, the book of Hebrews. In James chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, My brethren, so he's talking to you and he's talking to me, count it all joy when? When you fall into temptations. It doesn't say count it all joy when everything is going good. Count it all joy when your bills are paid. Count it all joy when your body feels good. Count it all joy when your wife cooked a good meal. Hey, no, he says, count it. That's an accounting term. In other words, count on it. 
This is something that you can do. Count it all joy or hopefully joyful when you fall into different temptations. How many of you know some temptations we just kind of fall into? Not necessarily by our own wrongdoing, sometimes as a result of that. Not necessarily as a result of us opening the door and we fall into temptation. But some temptations come just because the devil don't like us. He's a thief. And what does he do? He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. So, when these temptations come, the scripture says, count it all joy, which is another way of saying, be of good cheer. Never let the devil see you sweat. Never allow him the pleasure and the privilege of seeing you toil and seeing you sweat. And of course, we all have, but we're keeping those doors closed, right? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations, tests, and trials, because you know this, that the trying, the tempting of your faith, one thing the devil is after in your life is your faith. You are not such a hot rod. But he's very afraid of the God who lives inside you. He's very afraid of a man or a woman who is rooted and established in the faith. When the Word of God takes root in your lives, you become very, very dangerous to that rat. And that is why he said in Mark 4 that when the Word of God is sown, he comes next Tuesday. No, he says he comes immediately. To do what? To take the Word of God out of the heart of man before it develops a root. And have no root in themselves... And in a time of temptation, they fall away. You and I are to yield fruit. Come on. I said we're to yield fruit. We are to yield the fruits of righteousness. People's lives being changed. Everywhere we go, manifesting the kingdom of God. I mean, when you walk into a room, atmospheres change. Because the Spirit of Christ is in you and the dove rests upon you. Come on. We are to bring forth fruit to the glory of God the Father. I have ordained you that you should bring forth fruit. Woo! Glory to God. My, 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 my. Fruit. Everyone say fruit. Fruit. The enemy doesn't like fruit. God loves fruit. 
And so what the enemy wants to do is he wants to stop you from bearing fruit. Because if there is no root, come on, there's not going to be any fruit. So he's coming after the root, come on, before it gets firmly established in your spirit to where you become so strong that man alive, you just are not being moved forever. Your heart is established. You're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. But before that can happen, the enemy comes. And that's why he tells us to count it all joy. When you fall into divers, temptations, tests, and trials. Listen, here's what our attitude should be. This is just a test. And it is an open book test. How many of you liked those open book tests when you were kids? I still couldn't get the answers right. I... But the more familiar we become with the book, and the more we put what's on the ins- inside of this book, on the inside of our spirit, oh, hallelujah, when the test comes, you'll know exactly what to do. You'll know exactly what to say. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad it's an open book test? And aren't you glad you've got the Word of God that covers every area of our existence? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. I don't know, we're just going this route tonight because perhaps some of you need to hear it. Perhaps all of us need to hear it. Hallelujah. Somebody says, you know, Pastor Mark, I've yielded to the wrong thing. Well, that's an understanding and that's a revelation that God's given you tonight so that you can make the adjustment and start yielding to the right thing. Amen? Amen? One way that people yield to the wrong things is what they think about, but what they say on a daily basis. Oh, I'm so sick. I'm so tired. Oh, my goodness. I'm so tired. I am so burnt out. On what's going on in this country. And what's going on in this nation. Which side of the street are you going to live on? One side of the street's dark. But oh glory to God. Come on over here. This side of the street is the happy side of life. Sin abounds over there. Grace is abounding over there. Darkness is over there. But thank God there's light in the camp of the righteous. And yeah there's going to be challenges. Yes there's going to be things going on in the world. But that's why you're here. And that's why I am here, to make a big difference in this world and bring a living, come on, a living Jesus to a dying world. Say with me, I'm bringing a living Jesus to a dying world. I'm bringing a delivering Jesus to a world that's bound up. I'm bringing a healing Jesus to a world that's sick. I'm bringing a prosperous Jesus to a world that's poor and bankrupt. Come on over here. Live on the happy side of life. Hallelujah. Cheer up. 
First Peter chapter 1. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Second Peter chapter 1. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 2 says, Grace and peace, talking about yielding to peace, yielding to faith. Grace and peace may it be multiplied unto us through what? Through the knowledge of God and of what? The word knowledge there is epinosis in the Greek and it is an exact knowledge it is an intimate knowledge of God. It's getting to know Him like Paul did in the power of His resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. According as is div- through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Acquaint now thyself with Him. Acquaint now thyself with Him. And great good shall come unto thee. And great peace shall come unto thee. Now notice in verse 3, if you'd read that with me. Let's read it. Read. According as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. I want you to pay particular attention to this fact that he has already given you Everything that you will need for this life. Amen? Do you get that out of that verse? He has already made provision for everything and anything that you may need. He did say he'd supply our need, right, Bertha? Now notice, it's because his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And it comes through the vehicle of the knowledge of him. And notice what you and I are called to. We are called to what? We're called to glory and virtue. Would it suffice us to say tonight that God wants to take you and us from glory to glory? Through the knowledge of Him. By His revelation of glorious Resurrection power. Thank you, Jesus. Now notice with me in verse 4. Verse 4 says, well, verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great, and what kind of promises? Great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Oh, glory to God. Now notice this last verse. Having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. We could call it the great escape. (laughs) Through the exceeding great and precious promises. That's powerful. 
What that means to you and that means to me is there are some things that you and I will be able to be freed of and there are some things that you and I will escape that's coming upon this world. But it's not something that happens automatically. It is a result of us partaking of the great and precious promises. Amen. So I exhort you to go beyond the promise box. Go beyond a promise or two a day. And get into this word whole hog. Get into this book. And let this book get in you. This is a copy of the integrity of God's Word. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look over at 2 Corinthians. And notice with me in uh, chapter, I believe it's chapter 2 or chapter 3. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Lord. I believe that the church, the body of Christ, is yet to see its finest day. I believe firmly that this is our finest hour. To where... Like Brother Copeland talked about last week, to where we get so filled with all the fullness of God that we'll walk into a room, the Spirit of Christ will manifest Himself, and we walk by people, and even our shadow will cause devils to leave. Our shadow will cause healing power just to flow into people's lives. This is the church's finest hour. That's why the enemy's so riled up. That's why he's so riled up. You know why? Because that rat knows that his day is coming. The things that are happening in our streets, the things that you're seeing on current events, go beyond flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. But thank God he's furnished you and I with the whole armor of God. Shakara basata. He's furnished, oh my, he's furnished us with the weapons of our warfare. So we're not backing down from the fight. We're running toward the fight. Because we're armed with the heavy armor of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. So he's afraid. He operates in fear. And so that's why all hell is breaking loose in the world. But thank God you and I have the answer for this world. And we're going to let our light shine. Amen. We're going to let this king and this kingdom on the inside of us 
flow through us big time in these last days, in these last hours. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to see a harvest that is yet to see yet. Amen. And that harvest not only is going to include people being saved, but it's going to include deliverances. It's going to include people leaving the occult. It's going to include great deliverances and great freedoms from addictions and great deliverances from manifold sickness and disease. You know what? I'm glad to be a part of it. And I'm glad that you're here on a Wednesday night. I'm glad that you're here to hear the word of the Lord. I'm glad that we have a core in this church that is serious about taking the kingdom of God into this area. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter three. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Notice with me in verse seventeen and verse eighteen. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to this world system. How about you? I am a child of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm a delivered son. I'm a set free son. Amen. How about you? Now notice with me in verse 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty, there is emancipation from bondage. Now, a word of advice and a word of wisdom straight from the lips of the Apostle Paul or from his pen. He says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Wherewith Christ has made you free. Anybody been made free? But then he warns us, make sure that you do not allow yourself to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In the context of what we're talking about tonight, you've been set free from fear. Now make sure that you don't allow yourself to get entangled by yielding to it anymore. Say with me, I'm set free, and I'll no longer be entangled with the yoke of bondage. And here's what we're going to do, and here's our last verse. I didn't intend to preach this tonight. I had several pages of notes, but you know what? I'm just no, not, I don't care about notes. I just want what he wants. And I have to believe that this is what he wanted tonight. So, Now, in verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, But we all... You all, we all, youans, means, usans, but we all with open face. Here's what we're doing in this day and this hour. We're beholding the glory. We're beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Keith Moore says, What you behold is what you become. People behold violence on a regular basis. 
they become violent. People behold pornography, they become perverted. People behold poverty and lack, and think about it and talk about it, they fall short of what God's got for them. But that's not us. We're looking into the perfect law of liberty, Tony. We're looking into the glorious, perfect law of freedom. Ooh, Jesus. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. And here's what's happening to you. And here's what's happening to us. Read it with me. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Did you know that you and I are part of the glorious church? And we're going to become more glorious before He returns. And one way we're going to do that is we're going to keep our eyes on Him and our eyes in this book and our eyes on the Spirit of the living God. And you know what? Here's what's happening, Paul. You're being changed. You're going up. Everyone tell me, say wait with me, I'm going up. up. Hallelujah, Barry, we're going up. We're going from one degree of glory to the next. And this is how it's going to be before he returns. From glory to glory to glory, he's changing us. Amen? And then one day, there's a cloud of glory going to come. And one way or the other. We're out of here, but we ain't out of here yet.